Good afternoon, everyone. This is Austin. This is Greg. And today we have special guest Timmy on Life, Love, and the Pursuit of FI on our podcast today. Hey, Timmy, how are you doing? Hey, thanks. Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on. Been looking forward to getting on the show. So really happy to be here. Yeah, like, we're happy to have you. Absolutely. So, Timmy, let's get into talking about you. Um, what's your background? Oh, it's like, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. So my background, uh, my name is Tini Collin. I am 25 years old. I am uh, born in Congo, uh, Congo um, in the city of Kinshasa, which is in Africa, uh, Central Africa. Um, lived in Congo for about eight years um when i was a when i was eight years old moved to belgium and uh with my family for educational purposes moved uh belgium lived there for four years um it was a a big big culture shock at the time um but after uh after living in belgium for four years got adjusted to the culture um we moved to the States. So at the age of 12, I came to the States in a small state up in Vermont. Not sure if many of you are aware that that state even existed, <laughs> but up in Vermont, it's very cold up there. There's not much to do other than skiing and snowboarding, which I don't really do. Um, but lived there for, uh, you know, until I was about 20, 22, 23. Um, did the whole college, you know, middle school, high school, college up in Vermont and, um, decided that, uh, that I wanted some warmer climates. And then I came to, uh, Charlotte and I've been here for about two and a half years now. So that's, um, that's high level, sort of my geographical background of where I've lived and where I've, uh, where I've migrated to over the years. Okay. Nice. Um, so let's talk about your commercial real estate. How did you get into uh, commercial real estate? Yeah, very good question. So, you know, after, um, so I started my journey two years ago, right? While, while going to school and working a part-time job, um, I wholesaled a handful of deals. It was all virtual um, at the time that I was living up in Vermont. And um, I guess let me take a step back before starting that. So I had graduated from uh, from my undergrad in Vermont, and I was really lost about you know my my, my next steps. Right, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do after college. You know, I was sort of the kid that sort of you know just went through the motions at school. Right, um, I would go to class, you know, pass the class. I wouldn't say that I got good grades, but I would pass. Right, <laughs> you know. So I, so I did that. You know, graduated and really didn't know what I wanted to do. And so the next logical step was to get my master's degree. So I enrolled in an online program, and while going through my online program, I was, um, you know, doing odd jobs here and there. And at the time, my older brother introduced me to a little-known book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, 
And then it was really the mindset shift that I needed to learn more about real estate and learn more about personal finance. And that's when it really started. So two and a half years ago. Um, and so while going to school and working a part-time job, I was able to uh, wholesale a handful of deals virtually um, here in the Carolinas um, with the help of my older brother, which at the time he was also wholesaling real estate in um, in Charlotte and Austin and uh, Greg. Should I mention what wholesaling is at all for your audience? Yes. Uh, for those who don't know okay. uh, what wholesaling is. Perfect. Yeah. So wholesaling real estate is a very simple concept. What it is, is you find a, um, an undervalued, uh, you know, undervalued asset property. You get it under contracts. What getting on the, you know, what getting something under contract essentially means is you black ink on white paper. Right. So it's a purchase and sales agreement that, that says that me as the buyer will buy a, a property at a specific price. And the way that you should position yourself as somebody who's looking to wholesale, you should buy at a discounted price. Once you have a signature from both you as the prospective buyer and the signature of the seller, you take that contract and you uh, assign it to a um, to an investor that's going to buy it, fix it up, and then bring it back up to its market value. And the difference that you have the property on the contract for, and the difference between uh, what the, the end buyer buys it for, uh, you make the spread, right? So you get a property on a contract for fifty thousand, you. Assign it for a hundred, you make fifty thousand dollars spread. <clears throat> so that's very high level, and that's what I did. Right, I was doing that here in the Carolinas. Um, luckily, with the help of my brother, my older brother, we closed a, a, a few deals together, and the help of uh, of a good friend of mine, who at the time was living in Florida, we closed a you know, um, couple of deals, and that's how I got started learning about systems and processes in real estate. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is my, my start right there. Okay. And I'll go into more details, um, as we go more into the, uh, questions. All right. So going from wholesaling, did you go into actually like flipping properties or, uh, or like house hacking or anything of that nature before, um, going into commercial? Yeah. Very good question. So after, you know, my goal was always to own uh, real estate. I think that's, that, that's the goal for uh, quite a bit of people um, is to actually have ownership in the real estate, right? So um, after wholesaling, while wholesaling, I was, the plan was always to use the capital needed to buy uh, my first property. So at the time I was making $35,000 a year w2 before taxes and i was able to qualify for and purchase a standard three bedroom two bath in a c-class neighborhood in gastonia north carolina um if 
you're not familiar with Gastonia, you know, it's transitioning. But at the time when I bought the property, it wasn't in the best neighborhood. But I did with, you know, I did what I could with what I had. Um, so I wanted to house hack, which is I would live in one bedroom and rent out the other. And although I was, um, you know, although it was enough to cover the mortgage, it wasn't enough to cash flow, right? So what I did is I moved out of one of my bedrooms, rented it out, and I used the space available in the mudroom where the washer and dryer were and slept there for a year. So I slept in the laundry room for about a year and rented out the third bedroom, um, saved up enough money to buy my second house in Charlotte, closed on it last year in October. And now I sleep in an actual bedroom, so that's good. As you can see, I'm, I'm in my bedroom right now. <laughs> um, moved out of the Gastonia house and converted the laundry room where I was sleeping at the time into a bedroom. So now that house is actually a four bedroom, two bath, and I'm still renting out each room. And um, realized that scaling single family was a nightmare <laughs> just because of, you know, it's, 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 it's such a, it's doable, but it, it takes some time to scale, you know, a single family portfolio. And um, I made a transition about four months ago to get into commercial residential real estate. Nice. So how hard is it to get into uh, commercial real estate? How is the barrier to entry different than residential? That's a very good question. The barrier to entry, I would say, is definitely more, it's different than um, single family homes because of the fact that it, it tends to be more expensive, right? So there's a lot more zeros in, in uh, purchase prices usually. And um, it just requires a different strategy. So oftentimes in single family homes, you you can do it by yourself um, or just very few team members, right? In commercial real estate and multifamily uh, residential, it takes a team to accomplish um, to accomplish the goal of acquisition. So although not difficult, it just takes a different strategy. So there's a lot more networking involved. Um, there's a lot more uh, team members involved, right? So you have to have the right pieces in place in order to acquire um, the the desired property. And that's really something that I've been learning is, you know, you, you can't do it by yourself in commercial. You really got to have a team. And although it's not challenging, it definitely takes a different approach. And it's been, and, and, you know, once you just understand that, you start moving accordingly in order to, um, to, 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 to buy the uh, building that, 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 uh, that you want. Now, when you were, <clears throat> when you converted that, the extra bedroom into your old house, how hard was that process and what did that look like for you to be able to convert an extra bedroom from the laundry room? Yeah, that's a really good question. Austin, at the time when I did it, I was really, that, that was my first ever 
construction project. So I was super scared going into it first, right? Like, what if I mess something up? What if, you know, what if I'm not able to convert it and I only find out halfway through everything's already been demolished? <laughs> so it was a very, um, you know, I definitely took a leap, leap there. But, you know, I, I did research on what, like, you know, what I needed to have in place in, in order to even consider, um, consider the, the layout, like the difference, the change of layout that I would need. And it really started with a me reaching out to a general contractor. So that's the first thing that I did. I reached out to a, a general contractor and well, to a few, really, I reached out to four general contractors and I had them walk, um, walk the property and I told them what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was because the washer and dryer were uh, where I was sleeping, that needed to be the main thing, right? Where do I put these washers and dryers now that is going to be a bedroom? And so it was a cabinet in the kitchen that I could demolish and then put stackable washers and dryers there. And once that was figured out, okay, the washer and dryer can go there. It was much easy or much easier to then convert that space into a bedroom. And I had different contractors uh, give me how you know, the price of how much that would cost. And I ended up going with the, um, with the price in the middle, right? So I didn't go with the highest bid. I didn't go with the lowest bid. I went with the, you know, one that was, that I thought was fair. And, you know, I checked the contractor's references and I made sure that they had done good work in the past. And once I vetted the contractor out, I was then able to um, come up with a draw request right so how often would the contractor need and want to get paid based off of how much work they would accomplish right so it would be in stages first they would do the plumbing well first it was demo then it was uh, the washer and dryer which involved plumbing and then it would be the uh, bedroom conversions right the flooring closets and everything so it was in three to four stages. And then once that was established, then, um, you know, then it was uh, much easier to give that first payments, you know, in order to get the work started. What's your ultimate goal with your like real estate portfolio? You want to get into owning some like mixed use office space, a sky rise or two. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully with, uh, with, with, with you guys. Yeah. We, you know, we can start owning half of Charlie <laughs> together, including the bank of America building, which I really want to buy at some point. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so the goal eventually for me would be to own triple net assets. Um, I want to own triple net leases because I see that as the um, as the end all be all to my hopefully glorious real estate career. Right. So right now I am just getting into multifamily residential and I'm taking, you know, steps at a time with that. And then from there, I see myself going into um, self storage. Uh -huh. And then from there, I want to park in 
larger um, larger commercial assets to where I can have safe, consistent returns, as they call it, mailbox money. So I see myself owning um, larger commercial assets. That can be larger office space. That can be um, larger commercial um, residential multifamilies like the one that you see here in Charlotte, right? And those A A plus class neighborhoods um, where the returns aren't the greatest, but it's also, you know, not the worst. But the thing is, it's just very stable. And so, yeah, that's where I, I, I see myself going. Um, office space, larger commercial, residential, and um, the, um, how do you call the, uh, is it like plazas? The, um, yeah, like a strip like, mall? Oh, oh, where you have, yes, exactly, strip malls, huh. yes. Nice. And so for those who don't know, what is a triple net lease? Good question. A triple net lease is an asset in which you have the, um, the, the, the uh, tenants. So it's similar to a landlord-tenant relationship, except now your tenants are large corporations like your Walgreens, your dollar store. Um, it can even be a um, a champs, right? Those those larger um, larger corporations that want to rent space to run their businesses, and oftentimes you sign a, a, a standard um, standard lease with them, and within that lease, they are in charge of uh, you know uh, sometimes they're in charge of the the the, the maintenance of the property. Sometimes even their own um, utilities, right? So they're in charge of most of the maintenance of the property, and then they pay you a specific rental amount. Um, and then, as 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 the landlord, you know, you have to take care of some aspects of maintenance, but significantly less than you would in the residential space where you're in charge of everything, right? So in this case, the tenant is actually in charge of most, if not all, of the upkeep of the property, and then you end up just, you know, being super hands-off and um, getting your consistent uh, return metrics. Nice. So, do you currently, uh, what is your way that you fund most of your projects going on? Yeah, good question. So, <clears throat> right now, I'm under contract for a six-unit uh, apartment complex. Now, granted, this is my first small multifamily property, so I'm very excited about it. Um, and I can tell you more, you know, how I got it under contract. Um, so right now and moving forward, I plan on structuring my deals in two ways, right? So I'll either have a joint venture, or a syndication, right? And I'll go into detail about, you know, what, what, what both are. A joint venture is essentially you partnering, uh, it, well, it will be me partnering with one, two, maybe three other investors, and we would put in equal amounts of capital 
in order to participate in equal amounts of upside in the deal, right? So we would share the um, the equity of the property, right? If, if it appreciates, we would um, get equal amounts. We would get equal amounts of rental income. And when we sell, we would get equal shares of the proceeds. So that's generally how a joint venture is set up. Now, you can get more complicated in that, in that structure where, you know, somebody would get the preferred, um, you know, equity splits, so to say, right? But generally speaking, it's a 50-50 sort of, um, you know, sort of partnership. And that's how I plan on, you know, acquiring my smaller uh, multifamily portfolio. Now, when you start getting into the larger acquisitions, like the ones that we're talking about, um, you know, let's say when I buy the Bank of America building or the one next door, I'll do a syndication. A syndication is a it's structured in a GP general partnership limited partnership format, to where um, the general partner is the team in charge of the deal. So they operate the deal on, on a daily basis. They're in charge of, you know, all of the toilets that would break and all of the residents that would live at the property. They manage the property, you know, drive the vision forward, right, making sure that it performs well. But that's the GP. And on the LP side, those are the individuals that come in as limited partners. So they, most of the time, there's, it's a large group of individuals that lend money on the asset secured by the property, right? And they have a very safe preferred return. So because they land the money for the purchase of the property, they get preferred returns. Market standards is 8%. So the first 8% return that this property would generate is what the limited partners would have. And then from there, anything after that, then the, um, the returns would go to the GPs. And then after that, right, it would maybe be, you know, 50-50 uh, from, you know, here on out. Everything is structured in different stages based off of the expected returns, right? So the way that's good for an investor like myself is I can leverage capital or more specifically human capital in order to acquire those larger assets, right? So a JV and syndication are my go-to that I see in um, in acquiring my, um, my 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 real estate deals. As of right now, though, strictly a joint venture uh, partnership. But I will be syndicating uh, very soon as well. Now. Is are you planning on investing in other markets besides Charlotte, or are you wanting to just stay within what you know? I definitely want to invest in in um, other markets outside of the Carolinas. As a matter of fact, Austin, recently I've been looking into investing more in the Midwest because I hear that it's a great cash flowing market. Um, so I'm looking at states like Indiana, for example. Um, you know. That's a great market for me based off of the returns that I can anticipate, right? I can put my money to work in, you know, in, 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 in much 
much better ways than I would in um, in a market like North Carolina, where the returns can be good, but not as much as as it would be in um, in a state like Indiana. So yeah, I've been looking at states in the Midwest. Um, I would love to invest in California. I heard that they have a really good cheap market there as well. <laughs> um, no, not uh, not for California. Um, yeah, so the Midwest is, is is my next target right now. I I'm absolutely looking at properties in Kansas as well, specific parts of Kansas. So uh, nice. If I ever want to come nice. to Michigan, there's plenty of <laughs> plenty of houses for sale around here. Is there? I've never looked into Michigan. Actually, I heard Detroit is 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 really really growing now at a fast pace. Um, but I haven't looked into Michigan itself as a as a state to invest in. Yeah, Austin, you said Kansas. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh, What's the attraction? There? Uh, I spent four years there, so I I kind of know about uh, the market already. Um, I know a, a college town that I'm thinking of. We can talk about it off camera because I don't want I don't want other investors who are listening to this to uh, to know my plans. However, multifamily where I'm looking at is considerably cheaper than in the current market. Absolutely, yeah. Let's uh, let's keep the uh, secret sauce secret. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta subscribe to our, our podcast in order to get the good stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a Step up. Yeah, we'll, we'll start a <laughs> platinum package and, and give away the, where we're investing to next. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta create a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the attraction there is that I know the market already. Uh, not as well as I could. I've been out of Kansas for a while now, but um, while I was there, I know uh, what, what it has to offer, and I like it due to the fact there's Two main groups that I'm targeting um, that aren't going to go away anytime soon, and I'm not going to specifically state again where, but um, we can talk about it off camera later. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and I bet the, uh, the, the the cash flow there is pretty good too, especially at scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as long as you structure the deal right, like you know, I'm sure you can make it all all work well. So, do you have any advice for anyone looking to get started in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, honestly, dive right in. Jump right in. Uh, more specifically, jump right in with intentions and jump right in with enough research. Um, and I'll go into more detail as to what I mean. So do just enough research to know where you want to go into. Don't do more research than you need to, right? Don't get analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. Do just enough research to know how you want to start investing. For me, it was wholesaling, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, if you want to go directly into house hacking, that's great. Go directly into house hacking. But again, do just enough research to know how you want to start and then figure it out from there, right? The pieces will always fall into place, right? If 
you do the work, right? Now jump in also with the intent and knowledge to understand that real estate is simple, but it's not easy, right? It's, it's, it's very, um, you can understand the way real estate investing as a concept works, but putting it into place is a whole nother thing. Right. So that's why a lot of people say that real estate investing is simple, but it's not easy. Right. So have the right, um, you know, have the right research going in. Right. Jump in. Don't be afraid to take the leap. Right. And two, understand that it's going to take time. Again, it's simple, but not easy. But something that they don't say is, well, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Right. It's a long term game. Right. So you have to be patient. You have to enjoy the process. And then if you have all three of these uh, these metrics, um, you'll be very, very successful. And you'll be able to um, provide, um, you know, provide yourself with the life that you want. And then also provide, um, you know, your, 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 your closest, um, your, your closest ones uh, with the life that, that, that um, you know, they can also um, Deserve. Um, so besides real estate, do you do any uh, retirement investing as in like, you know, was it traditional fire path uh, like the stock market or do you just focus 100% into real estate? Absolutely. So I am a huge advocate of, um, you know, putting my money into a Roth IRA every month. I focus on that religiously. I make sure that I have Five hundred to a thousand dollars a month going into my Roth IRA, and to me, I see that as a sure thing down the line, right? To at least get to that one million. <laughs> um, another thing is, I tend to be very intentional about how I spend my money. Now, I value experiences, but I don't value, you know, spending my money on just whatever, right? So I'm very meticulous and very careful about. I spend my money. I track every single one of my expenses, and I also make sure that um, that I save. Right? I think the big component of financial independence is just saving. Right? Um, I save my active income, and I put it all into passive assets, and that's a really, really big focus of mine, especially the past couple of years, um, where I have a uh, long-term plan of retiring before um, 30. Well, it's not really a long-term plan. I guess it's more short-term than anything else, <laughs> but I will be retired by 30. That's fantastic. Right, great. Well, Timmy, again, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys, for, for inviting me on. And, and I really love what, what, you know, what you guys are doing. I think it's, it's great exposure to, you know, financial independence. It's great exposure to um, just, you know, being being aware of the different paths to um, to achieving life, love, and the pursuit of uh, of uh, financial independence. So thanks again for of having course. me. Of course. And like Timmy said, this has been Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Fi with your hosts, Austin Culp. And Greg Gaskin. And we hope you guys have a good rest of your night.